Welcome to Thrive, Transformative Strategies for the New Year, the CLA virtual conference poised to redefine your approach to success. Today, we unite under the banner of innovation, ready to forge new paths in personal and professional growth. Each speaker today brings unique insights to propel us forward. Get ready to explore innovative strategies that will enhance your growth journey in 2024. How to keep a resilient mind in business. Isn't that a question that every entrepreneur would like to answer? Oh my gosh, so many times. In fact, just a minute ago, I had <laughs> an issue. Just before I was about to go on, my internet went down. So <laughs> heart racing and managed to get back on time. Easy breezy. Uh, you know, <laughs> this happens when you're an entrepreneur. It happens in life with everything, not just when you're an entrepreneur, but when we work for ourselves and we use our creative ideas, any number of wonderful things can come our way. <laughs> and I like to look at them all as lessons and something I can learn from. So that's how I decide to embrace it. I also look at at everyone as energy. It's how I work. Uh, I'm a doctor of metaphysics, so I like to see people as energy. And so as energy, I like to raise the vibration. And so my entire purpose in life is to raise the vibration of the entire earth and to empower as many people as possible. And while that sounds like <laughs> I'm running for Miss America <laughs> and I'm in a pageant to asking, answering the proper question. I really do feel that way. I really do do that. And so one of the wonderful things about creating a resilient mind is that we overcome these obstacles on a daily basis because we can't really stop them from coming. So, <laughs> and they're going to come from everywhere. <laughs> Did you know that the, uh, um, the average human being has 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts in a day. That's a lot of thoughts. 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. Hmm, that's a lot of negativity. 95% of that 80% is repetitive. That is quite a battle that we have to go through every single day. Every single day, this is what we have to battle, is all these negative thoughts. So we have more negative thoughts than positive ones. So how do we try to reverse that? And so that's what I do. That's what I do. That's what I teach. That's what I coach. That's my specialty. Mindset is my favorite thing to talk about. Self-love, self-worth. I think is the foundation of everything. And as you build your foundation, just like you would build a building or a house, that's where the strength lies. And then you build up from there. So let's talk about some of the amazing things I do <laughs> and I teach. And I do these on a daily basis. And I know it's going to sound like a lot, but you can do all of these very regularly. Most of them I do in the morning and a lot of them I do at night. And when I have time, I do them during the day. So I'm just going to go over a few things. It's going to be fun. <laughs> These are amazing things that have taken me through a lot 
of my life's journey. So in my life's journey, I have had, I grew up in a very, first of all, I came here from Europe. My parents are immigrants. I came here when I was six years old. So one of the first things I had to learn was the English language. So English, I came from Croatia and while now English is, <laughs> is a language that I speak proficiently and Croatian isn't really proficient for me, but it's, it's pretty good. Um, I love that I'm here and I, I love that I've overcome that. But that was one of the first things I had to go into grade one and learn how to speak English. Like that's pretty tough on a kid, right? Also, my father suffered from mental illness. He was bipolar and he was extremely abusive. So I grew up in a very, very abusive household and that wasn't easy. You know, I'm an only child. My mother tried to protect me. And this was really quite difficult. So to battle this and then to battle that was, was it wasn't an easy journey, you know, and this then turned into other issues. You know, we all have issues when we're teenagers, we're all super self-conscious, um, we're so insecure, <laughs> you know, and if I could do anything to help people with that insecurity, it would be great. When I was 17 years old, I went to the guidance counselor at my school and my high school. And I was current at the time I was working in retail and I was working in this very, very cool store that had the coolest fashion, probably in all of Toronto, Ontario, Canada at the time. And I loved it, but it was a part time job and I was in school. And so I went to the guidance counselor and I wanted to know the difference because I was fascinated by psychology. So I wanted to know the difference between psychology and psychiatry. And he said to me, uh, after he asked what I was doing right now, and I said, you know, I've got this part time job and they've offered me full time because I'm doing well. He goes, I think you should do that. And I think you should just go, uh, one of the other options was to go to college for retail management. He said that, I think you should go do that. I think you're too pretty to go to university. And I was like, wow, today he'd probably go to jail for that. <laughs> but <laughs> he was an authority figure. So I listened to him. This is how I grew up listening to my dad. So I had to listen to him too. And so ended up in college. And I did retail for the next probably 22 years. I was 17 years old, so maybe 21 years. And it was okay. It was great. I had a lot of fun. I did very, very well. But it wasn't psychology. And it wasn't what I wanted. And what I really wanted was psychology because then uh, I learned that the major difference between psychology and psychiatry, and I know there's going to be people out there who are going to disagree with me, but for me was I really wasn't interested in writing prescriptions for medicine to people. I'm much more into natural medicine anyways. And so psychology was fascinating to me. Fast forward to many, many years in advance, I, I, I learned how to do psych, uh, spiritual psychology counseling, which was right up my alley. <laughs> and so did many, many courses in that, flew around the world, paid, I would say, numerous six figures for my education, for my coaching, for my healing, for my mental nurturing, and I'm still doing it. 
I'm now 62 years old. I just turned 62 last week and I am loving life like there is no tomorrow. I have had numerous naysayers along the way, numerous hurdles to overcome. I had opened a spa uh, in 20... No, 1999, sorry. I opened a spa in 1999 and about two years later, I hadn't even finished paying for my loan to, to purchase it. One of the estheticians that I inherited <laughs> decided she was going to open up her, her own salon and took her clientele with her. Now I had inherited her when I purchased the spa and she was, she was, she was good. She wasn't great, but she was good. You know, she was, she had, she had some clientele. So she took this clientele, which of course, this is a very common incident in, in uh, spas that the esthetician would take her clients, but she opened it five doors down from me. <laughs> and she was also on the second floor, just like I was. And I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? I haven't even paid back my loan yet. And some of my clients, almost half of my clients were gone. And, you know, it's just, it's common that we would tend to the same clients and the clients would typically, you know, ask for us. And so their dedication obviously was much more to her than to me. And so that was great. Well, it was okay because I got over myself and I beefed up <laughs> my marketing and I, I actually got more than, uh, more than double my clientele back. So I became very busy, hired two more people and proceeded to prosper for the next 12 years. She, on the other hand, closed down. I don't even know if she made it to two years. So you know, that's just one hurdle. Um, in 2009, I decided to leave my alcoholic husband finally, after many, many years of trying and trying and trying. And shortly after that, because literally everything was in my name, I had to file for bankruptcy. I have to tell you, that's one of the hardest days of my life. Other than my mother and father passing away and my dogs in my life passing away, that was one of the hardest days of my life. I remember going to the trustee's office and back then everything was in paper and I don't know how it works now, but there was a stack of paper this high in front of me and he just kind of plopped it in front. He was actually very nice. It wasn't, you know, he didn't do it, but as soon as those papers went in front of me and I picked up that pen. I just picked it up and tears, not little bits, no, like a flood of tears came out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. I cried for two hours. It took me just a bit over two hours to finish signing everything. He came back, he left the room, he came back, he brought me a box of Kleenex. And by the time I was finished, I had a pile this high of Kleenex that I had used up. It was right beside me, right beside the paperwork. I, I didn't stop once. Like it was just, it was, it was weird. It was like it just someone turned on a tap. And it was tough. I'm telling you, it wasn't easy. And I went outside. I distinctly remember, I believe it was in June. It was a beautiful sunny day. I walked out and I just kind of shook it off and I said, you know what? That sucked really bad. That was 
not good. I never, ever want to do this again. So it's done. It's over. It is what it is. Now let's start rebuilding. So in Canada, it takes seven years to rebuild and to get the bankruptcy off of your credit bureau. And eight years later, I had, I was applying for a mortgage for where I live right now. So this was, um, uh, this was uh, a condo and I went to the mortgage agent and the mortgage agent looked at my credit score and said, in my 14 and a half years of being a mortgage agent, I have never seen a credit score this high. Now I'm not going to flash the number, but it was a high, it was a very high credit score. And I was so proud and I was so happy. It was like the opposite of the other feeling I had with the bankruptcy. So I think I had to do that just for myself. And it was one of my joyous days. Eight years after that, I now am the proud owner of five properties, one in which I live, two are out of country, and two are here in Canada that are being rented out. And I have a few more investments that I do with other people. And I have healed <laughs> and plan on getting out of the six figure and into the seven figure market very shortly. <laughs> so anything can be done. And now I'm going to share some of what I did that helped me. And I do this on a daily basis because consistency, 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 and mindset, mindset, mindset. Did you hear me say mindset? <laughs> so here's some of the things I do for my mindset. <laughs> I am a huge journaler. I have journals everywhere, literally everywhere, like in my car, more than one. I have them all over the place. I don't want to waste your time and show them to you. But I have all kinds of wonderful journals that say uh, positive things on them. I have... <laughs> I have a journal for almost everything, but I'll tell you my three ma major journals. So one is called the I Love Myself Journal. And so this particular journal is for the words, literally, I love myself. So for about a year and a half, I did, I love myself. I love myself. I was not, I wasn't happy with where I was. So I started writing and I said, okay, every day I'm going to write a whole page of I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And on the bad days, I would write more. So one day, I think I wrote like 12 pages or a rough day, rough day, but I did it. And then automatically, I just somehow organically stopped. And now I just write the different reasons that, you know, I had a great day and so on and so forth. A gratitude journal. I can't say enough about gratitude journal. Like the instant you open up a journal and start going into gratitude, your energy shifts and it, it raises the vibration immediately. So don't wait, get a gratitude journal. And we all know Oprah is a big lover of gratitude journals gratitude journal. And I think everyone should have a celebratory journal. So a journal for celebrating, because we focus back to those 80% <laughs> of those negative thoughts, because we focus on the negative all the time, what can I improve? What can I do better? What can I do this? You need to take some time and you need to celebrate what you've already done. 
because you're awesome and you need to write that down. And as you write that down, the connection with the neuroplasticity and so on and so forth, you need to write. I am grateful for, I am amazing because I am so super great because I did this, 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 and this. And so do not stop celebrating yourself and do not spend all of your time focusing on what isn't working and how you're going to fix it. I mean, that's going to come up. That's a given. We already know. And 80% of our thoughts. And you got to sit there and get those boxing gloves on and <laughs> box those 80% down. <laughs> They're going to come down. <laughs> and you've got to nurture your mental state. Your mental state will help your physical state. It'll help everything else. So another really wonderful thing to practice, and this is one of the hardest things for us to, to, to practice, is authenticity. And so when you come from a household like I did, where you were told that you were no good and that pretty much everything you ever did was no good on one level or another, this wasn't good enough. I, I literally am the queen of I'm not good enough. When I was a kid, that's all I ever thought. I was actually shy. <laughs> My friends who know me now don't even believe that I was ever shy and quiet because anytime I went somewhere, my dad said, just sit in the corner and just stay quiet. Just, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want any trouble while we're there. I don't, you know, and so I stayed quiet and I used to look down a lot. I used to walk like this. I would walk, walk, walk like that. And it was terrible. So you know what? <laughs> I got a job in retail and I actually was so quiet the first month I worked there that the assistant manager had to, and she was a sweet lady. She came up to me and she says, you've got to snap out of this. <laughs> she goes, if you don't get some sales going, we're going to have to let you go. And I was like, let me go. And she's like, yeah, like you've got to get a little bit more. You've got to be a little more outgoing. And I'm like, what? It was like somebody unlocked Pandora's box and somebody literally gave me permission to be what I actually was inside. A month later, I kid you not, I was salesperson of the month in that store and it was a shoe store. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, you mean being me is actually really good? And ever since then, I've, you know, there were struggles in between, of course, <laughs> and various things that, you know, bring you back down. But I love being me. Take it or leave it. You know, I'm not going to be for everyone. And that's okay. Those aren't my people. <laughs> my people will love me. And I will love my people. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the other thing that I'm super big on is integrity. I think it is important to do the right thing. And so sometimes in business, I know everything's about money, 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 and we're always going after it. And this is what we do for a living. So we need to have money, everything we need to get paid. But sometimes it's okay. Just do the right thing. Don't rip people off. Don't, I don't know, don't take money when you shouldn't. And don't, I don't know, just don't do any of that. <laughs> That's it. Keep your word. If you said you're going to show up, show up, even if it, it doesn't work out for you that much. Just do the right thing. It raises your vibration. It will come back to you tenfold, a hundredfold, a millionfold. You know, we're all magnetic. And so all we're trying to do here is to raise the vibration, 
raise the magnet magnetic magneticness is that even a word <laughs> it is now <laughs> so another thing that is amazing is it's hard for a lot of people to take responsibility for what they've done and so sometimes we make a mistake sometimes we do this and that causes this we weren't really thinking that's where, what was going to happen but you know what take responsibility for what you did uh, don't pass it along to someone else. Don't pass it along to your VA. Don't pass it along to your uh, CEO. <laughs> if you're not the CEO of your own company, don't do that. It's just don't do it. Just take responsibility. Take the bull by the horns and just fix it. <laughs> fix it, make it better and move on. And that way it doesn't sit there. Um, I'm very famous for let's talk it out. If there's an issue, let's talk it out because I am not carrying that backpack on my back. There's no way I'm not, I'm letting go. I'm letting everything loose. And so, you know, that's that. So I spoke about oh, journaling, videos, podcasts, uh, music, all of, uh, vibration. There's so much free stuff on the internet that you can wake up to if you don't like uh, you know, uh, doing things on your own, you know, reading books, reading the Bible, uh, like people do so many wonderful things. And another thing <laughs> is self-talk, self-talk. You're so wonderful to so many people. Why are you so mean to yourself? Start treating yourself with respect and others will respect you as well. And try and when you when you treat yourself with respect, you will also in turn treat other people more with respect. And so that's all we want. That's all we all want, right? And so back to books. Oh gosh, I can't. There's retreats, there's so much. I have a list of things here <laughs> that I could talk about, but I need to cover my favorite thing in the entire world. And that's meditation. Praying and meditating and breath work. I have to include breath work into my meditation. I, I am a certified Kundalini yoga instructor. I have learned so many different kinds of breath work. It's, it's insane. And there's so much you can do to calm down your entire parasympathetic nervous system. And one of the things is breathing. And you've all heard of the square breathing and if you haven't heard about it I'm going to tell you right now what it is so you will take an inhale for a count of four so it's like this you'll hold it for a count of four you will exhale for a count of four And you'll hold the exhale for a count of four. And even just now, if you've done it once with me, you will already see that there's a difference. And you should feel calmer. Now, if you can't handle a lot of meditation and you can't go into yourself, you know, <laughs> Just do it for three minutes. Anybody can do anything for three minutes. Anyone. And so with that, I'm going to leave you to do that. And if you can't do the four, then just do a regular 
inhale, a regular exhale and keep doing that for three minutes. Anybody can do anything for three minutes. And with that, I'm going to say thank you for listening to me and make sure you go out into the world and shine your light. The world needs you and they need you today. Love and light to all of you. Namaste and thank you. Thank you for engaging with this session of Thrive. As we continue with our next speaker, remember the insights and strategies shared are steps towards your transformative journey this year. Stay connected for more empowering talks. The Connected Leaders Academy is committed to your ongoing journey of growth and excellence. Remember, this journey is just beginning. Let's keep the momentum going. Join our community at www.connectedleadersacademy.com.